Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Well, today we're going to talk about something that we have never talked about on this show before. What makes a good eyebrow? Let me guess. Hair? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of hard to have eyebrows without hair. Although, if you have the right person, it can be done. So here in the studio this evening is our special guest, Rami Gaffney. He's an eyebrow expert, a, a beauty expert, a celeb extraordinaire. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So what does make for a good eyebrow? You want to keep them as full as possible, and you want it to flatter your bone structure. Those are the two things. And sometimes, even if you haven't removed hair, just with age, you might lose hairs, they become sparse, they get crazy long, you get the grandpa eyebrows, you know. Um, So (laughs) grooming the brows can do a lot. So do people color their eyebrows? Yeah, people dye them. I just got my tattoo license to uh, offer microblading, which is a temporary tattooing of the eyebrows, which it's, you know, hand-like strokes, so it it looks like real hair. Uh, For people who need it, it's amazing. There's all sorts of solutions today for eyebrows. Everyone can have great eyebrows. Did you do Kelly Ripa's eyebrows? Because I saw a picture of you with her. Uh, Yes, I did her show. Uh, They brought me on to give Jerry O'Connell a guy brow makeover. And then while I was there, I did Kelly as well. So you do do men and women. And you have a studio in New York, right? I do, yes, on East 33rd Street. If you go on Rami's website, you can see him with all sorts of celebrities. Like, I couldn't even go through the whole thing because it just kept scrolling and scrolling. So you do makeup for a lot of famous people, right? Uh, I've had a very fortunate career. You know, I've been doing this for over 20 years. And I think, you know, if anyone worth their salt working in a major city like New York or Los Angeles, you're going to come across some celebrity clients. Um, I've been very, very fortunate. When did you get started in the beauty business and how did your career evolve? Richard, you're going to love this. I dropped out of law school. Good move. One less competitor for me. I dropped out after a year. I was actually upset when I was accepted to law school, so that wasn't a good sign. They do cry. And uh, I dropped out. I paid off my law school loans before it accrued any interest, which was the smartest thing I ever did because it freed me up. And then I sold everything I owned and I bought a ticket to uh, Sydney, Australia, uh, not knowing what I was going to do, but just wanting to get away from New York and, and kind of find myself. And uh, in Australia, I ended up going to beauty school and finding my career. That's great. What attracted you to the profession? You know, I've always loved products. I've loved, you know, everything from hair care products, skin care products, cosmetics. Uh, it's like a toy. It's, o- it's always been like fun. And I always loved the fashion industry. I was too short to be a model. <laughs> among other reasons. And I love the transformation. I always love the before and after pictures, you know, when they do someone's makeup and the dramatic transformation. I, to this day, I never get tired of a great before and after picture. So who's the most famous person you think you've ever done eyebrows for? And did you do other work for them too? Many of the celebrities, sometimes I just do their makeup. And many of them, I just do their eyebrows. And many of them, I do both. I would say the biggest name that people seem to get the most excited about is Taylor Swift, where I did both her makeup and her eyebrows. I've also worked on Britney Spears. I've worked on Cher, uh, where it was just makeup. Uh, Rihanna, which was also just makeup. And I've had some clients like Juliana Margulies, where it was just eyebrows, but you know, for several years. 
So how long does it take to get that makeup done? I assume you're doing it for special events for them? Uh, yeah, it depends. Uh, if it's something like with Taylor Swift where it was a photo shoot for a magazine where the whole purpose was to change up her look, you know, you do one look and then they shoot it and then you change it up a little bit and they shoot some more. It was a very long day, so it was like several looks. It's a long day, but the makeup itself is really, people don't like to hear this, but it doesn't take any longer than doing anyone on the planet. It's anyone the same else. for everyone. It's the same equation for everyone. All made up faces are equal. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the same equation. You know, there, there are features you want to play up and there are features you want to play down. And that's the same for everyone. I used to watch What Not to Wear and they would do the person's makeup and they would try to teach them how to do it. Do you teach people how to do their makeup? I do. And people, you know, who are kind of intimidated by makeup, they love what I do because my philosophy is minimum makeup, maximum impact. So I'm sort of like cut to the chase, how to do the makeup that where it looks effective, where you look amazing, but you're not doing the Sistine Chapel on your face. You're not using here. You need five eyeshadows to achieve the look. I keep it really simple but effective. And I volunteered for many years with uh, cancer patients. And I feel like people like that, it's especially true. You know, they want to look like themselves, but they don't want to spend hours achieving the look because they're not feeling well and they're tired. They're going through treatment. And so that's been very helpful also. Like, let's, oh, you lost your eyebrows? Here's what we're going to do about it. You lost your eyelashes? Here's the solution. And it's quick and easy. That's great. Elizabeth, coming in and knowing that you were going to be <laughs> on the show on the train, she was very, very concerned about the way she looked, and she spent some time putting on some lipstick and doing some other stuff, too. So <laughs> I got you, so did I. <laughs> I so wanted you to tell that I knew story. You'd I knew well, you'd want us to I have to say I was impressed that you married such a beautiful woman. When oh, I was oh, how sweet. Very That's lucky. I, yeah. <laughs> how many men clients do you get? You know, for 20 years of doing eyebrows, I would say the first almost nearly 15 years, 98% of my clientele were women, and the 2% of men were were the groom being dragged in by the bride under duress, you know, before the <laughs> wedding, or the guy who had like the Muppet unibrow from hell. <laughs> and, you know, he had to do something. And, and that guy would always want to come in after hours. <laughs> you know, they, they never wanted to come in during business hours because, God forbid, there should be a female there who would see that he's doing something to his eyebrows. And then over the years, the tide turned. And I have to say, I'm completely shocked at now 50% of my business is men. And that includes the microblading, which that I really did not expect. But now there's no shame in the game, especially the younger generation. They're almost ashamed if they don't do it. And I really never thought I would see such a swing in the pendulum that it should become so commonplace. Well, for our listeners who can't see uh, Rami, he does have incredible eyebrows. So. <laughs> Thank you. And skin. Yeah, you, you look yeah. like you're, I don't know, I'd put you at 30. Thank you. But I know okay. you're. But you're not going to tell us how old you well, really are. I can tell you. I will be 54 in December. No, no way. way. The secret is I don't believe it myself. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you have had some pretty challenging personal experiences. I remember for our listeners, Rami is a client of our Gerhardt Law, right? We got a yes. patent together. That's right. Uh, on some eyebrow technology. The Browmaster. The Browmaster. But I remember during that whole process, there were a couple of times you got into a bike, a serious bike accident. I yes. Guess. I well, I started my brand. And 20 years ago, uh, after I was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's oh lymphoma, and I was makeup director at a Fifth Avenue salon, and I went to work every day during five months of chemo, 
And just as I finished chemo and was about to start radiation, the salon fired me, oh telling me, you're not the pretty boy we hired. Oh my and God. I was like, wow, I was a pretty boy? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, very mixed emotions. Shallow um, much, I, I'm furious, but oddly flattered. Um, <laughs> and um, I took my things and I went home and I, I realized no one's going to hire me while I was still looked like a cancer patient. And, you know, I was completely I mean, bald. How sad. Do you think that would still happen? Today? I think today it might be less likely, but even at the time, it seemed outrageous. And, really? Um, yeah. You know, it turned out to be the best thing that ever happened to me because I started my own brand of cosmetics. I went into work for myself. Thankfully, clients followed. And um, a year later, I launched my brand at Bergdorf Goodman. Wow. And just as I got into Bergdorf, the salon that fired me went out of business. Yay! Oh, yeah, I was, was going to ask very you. They made horrible decisions. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Success is the best revenge. <laughs> I don't think anyone was sorry to see them go. But I was like, now what's my motivation? Because everything was like, I'll show them what a mistake they made. And then the business took off and, you know, loved my career. And then about four years ago, I was walking home on a Sunday afternoon and I was run over by a delivery guy on a moped. Oh, okay. And right. I had a head trauma. I had a fractured skull, bleeding in the brain, concussion. I was uh, unconscious for 10 days. And the first hospital released me on the third day while I was still unconscious and uh, put me on the wrong medication that had caused a second bleeding in the brain. So a few days later, my family took me to another hospital and uh, they put me in the ICU and I was very lucky. You know, they said had they not brought me back to a hospital, I would have died in my sleep. So. Can they even do that? Release somebody who's unconscious from the hospital? That sounds... A apparently they can. And and also, you know, it was in July, which people say don't go to the hospital in July because all the new residents are just starting and making their mistakes. Unfortunately, I didn't have a say in the matter. That's when the accident occurred. And somebody signed off. You know, somebody looked at my chart and said, oh, okay, release him. And I was very fortunate that, you know, I had people looking out for me that took me back to a hospital. And, and everything's fine now. So. Everything is fine, although I still cannot smell or taste anything. Really? Yes, oh. we're hoping it'll come back, but it's been four years, so we don't know. Well, that can be a good thing, too. <laughs> I struggle to keep the weight off, <laughs> you would if think. You're, if you're in New York, by, not, not smelling is kind of August. a plus. You yeah. know. <laughs> it, can be, it can be freeing in a certain way. But it just goes to show that you really have to be your own advocate or have people around you that can be your advocate. It, yes. Anything to do with your health, right? Absolutely, yeah. We're here with Rami Gaffney, our special guest this evening, and you're listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be right back right after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. 
Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. With our special guest, Rami. And if you missed the first part of his interview, if you have skin or if you have eyebrows, you should go back and listen to it. <laughs> but we'll talk to him some more. And then after Rami, we have three incredible pitches coming up. Something for your pedicure, something for if you get pulled over, and something for if you need to stay safe in a bad situation. So, right, we have our beauty segment, and we have our law and order segment. <laughs> so, Rami, we were going to talk a little bit about your ups and downs. You know, I've had my brand for over 20 years, which I'm very proud of. It has not been easy. I always have been through the retail ring. I started at Bergdorf Goodman, which is as good as it gets. And when you're sold at Bergdorf, everybody else wants you. That's when QVC came knocking and Sephora and Lord and & Taylor. And Bergdorf was very, very good to me. And they really babied me. I didn't even have UPC labels when I started, um, and they created them for me. You know, I was so green when I came out with my makeup line. I remember... Um, when I had my counter finally at Bergdorf, I was at the counter and the buyer called me and she said, how do you like it? How do you like the placement You know, and, and the location? I said, everything is you know, great. And she said, how are your numbers? And I was like, what the hell is she talking about numbers? <laughs> I was like, I remember thinking, well, I'm gonna just keep her talking and I'll figure it out. And I was like, well, oh yeah, numbers are great. And she goes, oh, so your sales are good. I'm like, oh, numbers. <laughs> and that's how green I was, that I literally had a counter at Bergdorf Goodman and I didn't know terminology. Very innocent times. <laughs> numbers became the bane of my existence eventually. Right. Because you could be the best selling those. brand, you know, and the next day they're like, okay, now you have to outdo that, you know. But eventually I, I had to choose between Bergdorf and QVC because at the time they frowned upon QVC and um, my buyer at Bergdorf said, go with QVC, it, it'll be more profitable. So I did and she was right. And it's also great visibility. Um, I have customers to this day that found me on QVC and they still shop with me. But you know, I went through, I was in a lot of department stores and I just found I wasn't making money as much, you know, because you pay for the, the staffing of the counter, they find all these reasons to charge you back. And if you're not a big company like an Estee Lauder or a L'Oreal, they really kind of uh, take advantage of the little guy, I have to say. And one of the stores still owes me like hundreds of thousands of dollars that I'm never mm. gonna see. And wow. it's, yeah, it's just, it got frustrating. So three years ago, I pulled out of all the brick and mortar stores and I sell exclusively on Rami.com and Amazon.com and my own studio in Manhattan. And that's it. And it's not as much volume as it is when you're sold in a big chain store, but it's a lot less headache and the business is thriving, you know? And I feel like it's sort of the wave of the future. People are shopping online. The brick and mortar stores, the big department stores are like dinosaurs. And I think they're slowly dying out. We're seeing that like, you know, Bendel's closed and Lord and & Taylor in Manhattan. And I think they're struggling and they try to take it from the vendor. Again, if you're a little guy, it's not a great way to do business. I'm glad to hear that you're doing so well online. That's fantastic. And for cosmetics, I just wonder how do you market those online? Because people can't touch them or feel them, right? So that's, that's kind of- Online, I learned very quickly what you have to do is have a great return policy or exchange policy, which I do. You know, if someone is not happy with something, they have 30 days, you know, which I think is very reasonable. And we were very lucky. We, 
I really get very, very few returns. Um, sometimes people do want to exchange, like they choose a color, let's say of a foundation, and it's too dark or too light, and they want to exchange it for the appropriate color. But it really doesn't seem to be that big a deterrent. Also, many of my products are meant to be universal which means they work on every skin tone, so they're going to work on you. And that takes some of the guesswork out of it as well. So it kind of sounds to me like the best way to do this would be to come into your studio, get an analysis, figure out the products that work for you, and then just order them online. Absolutely. That happens quite often, thankfully. Do you, do you, do you get people from all over coming to your studio? I do. Also, because I'm so well-known for eyebrows, I get people from around the world, literally. People will come from, like, Beirut and, like, France <laughs> and, like, Africa. And that always never ceases to amaze me. I really have clients from all over the world. What do you think about your service motivates people to make these journeys to get your eyebrows? Well, you know, eyebrows are such a specific thing that it's one of those things that once you're aware of how good your eyebrows can look, you're aware of it forever. And people have had bad experiences. And so once they find someone who gives them a great eyebrow, they're very, very devoted. I have clients that have been coming to me for like 20 years, and now they bring their teenage kids to get their eyebrows done as well. And I always joke that the first one who brings me a grandchild, I'm hanging up my tweezers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a little too much. <laughs> yeah. Does it cost a lot? Well, a brow shaping by me is $85. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Are you booked up for appointments like way out or? Uh, you know, yes and no, yes. But my schedule literally changes six times a day at least. People call to move the appointment, to move to another day, you know. So things open up. I always tell people, always go for it. If it's booked up online, call, because if I can fit you in, I, you know, I'll always make it work. That's interesting. You know, I never think of eyebrows as being critical to facial beauty. Mm -hmm. I always think of chins and noses and lips, but really eyebrows are probably really important in it, how somebody looks. And it's the one feature on your face you can change without plastic surgery. It's kind of hard for nature to get it right sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. right? Like some men have thin eyebrows and some women have like these bristle brushes on the yeah, top of so their unfair, face. You know, but, but it's the one thing you can get in shape without going to the gym. So, yeah. <laughs> 85 good. bucks, that's a deal. Well, uh, Richard, you may be coming with me. <laughs> I do not like my eyebrows. We've been married now for almost 25 years. This is the first I've heard. I you never know? really looked at them and before now you're today. Looking at them and, and now what? I'm looking at them and they're fine, but I could see, like, I think that Rami could really do a lot with both of our eyebrows, <laughs> not just you. <laughs> One way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm willing to give it a shot. So, really? yeah, oh. I will. Our Instagram followers can take a look at before and after and see if it really makes a difference. Ooh, <laughs> so, you have a skincare line too. Somebody in the Sitting here waiting to go on for a pitch, yes, do you have new products coming out quite often? I don't do it um, traditionally the way like some of the larger cosmetics companies do, you know, where they have something four times a year, at least they come out with seasonal products. Um, I used to do that. Now I do it when I'm inspired. So, for example, I have a lip product coming out soon just because I, you know, came up with an idea and I have the packaging for it. It's easy to fill. I'm just, I'm waiting for the lab to uh, complete it. Oftentimes, because I do see clients every day, people will say, someone should do a product that does this. And, you know, if you hear the same thing often enough, you go, okay, there's a demand for this. Uh, let me come up with something. And uh, that usually leads to the ideas and results in new products. So, Rami, what is your website? It's Rami.com. 
R-A-M-Y.com. Stay here because you're going to help us with our pitches, which Absolutely. we're very excited about. You are listening to Passage to Profit on WOR 710 with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest, Rami. And we have just been through a segment with Rami on some incredible things, but we have three great pitches coming up. So please... Stay tuned. We'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, Rami. Now it's time for the pitch part of the show. But before we start the pitches, please, when you're listening to them, think about which one you like best and go to the Passage to Profit show page on the Gearhart Law website and vote. And you need to scroll down to find the poll to vote. <laughs> That's Gearhart Law, G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W. Everyone gets one vote, and the voting is open for four and a half days until Friday morning at 10 a.m. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Everybody only gets one vote, so get your friends to vote. And you can remember the name of the show by imagining you're walking down a passage with a huge pot of gold at the end. Passage to profit. And may your passage be short and your profit be huge. On to the pitch portion of the show. Each contestant gets two minutes to pitch, followed by a discussion with Rami and us. The best overall vote getter gets a professionally produced video of their pitch, a $500 value. And it goes on our YouTube channel, so let's get started. Our first pitch is Pramice Martin with Petalicious. You have two minutes. Hello, my name is Pramice Martin. I am the inventor and creator of the Pettifop sandal. Currently, we go and get pedicures. We get these paper flip-flops with the paper towels between our toes, or we get those foam thingies between our toes. Well, my product is called the Pedicure Flip-Flop, and it separates all of your toes. You can wear them before, during, and after a pedicure treatment. Also, I have a semi-arch support. What's so great about that? Well, currently, most flip-flops do not have an arch support. Our feet, our soles are like the foundation of a building. So when the building crumbles, if it doesn't have the proper foundation, so does the pain and the aches and the calf muscles start to hurt when you don't have the proper footwear on. In addition to the pediflop sandal, it separates all your toes. So our toes are constantly crammed in heels and sneakers for a constant period of time. Our toes need to actually wiggle and move up and down as our fingers do. If you try right now to wiggle your toes and your fingers at the same time, you probably can't do that because your toes are so not able to move because they're constantly crammed. I've also created an all-natural and organic foot cream, foot scrub, 
and vegan-friendly nail polish, which are all currently sold in Macy's. Why did I create this? There's a benefit when you have the proper products on your feet. Your soles, they are very harsh at times if you don't take care of them. And the scrubs will also eliminate a lot of the dead skin off of your feet. And in addition to what my products are different from others for your foot products, are that I have the vegan-friendly polish for your toes, no formaldehyde, no resin. My foot creams also have shea butter, coconut oil, and it also has a pure aloe gel in it. So if you want to treasure your souls, come meet your soulmates at Pedilicious Footwear. That's P-E-D-I-L-I-C-I-O-U-S footwear.com. I love that. <laughs> soulmates. I love soulmates. that. That's so cool. Well, as I mentioned, I bought a pair of the pedicure sandals, and they're really pretty, too. You forgot to mention yes. that. <laughs> and you have different colors. Yes, I do. Currently, we have four different colors. And sorry, men, yours are in production, and you won't have the bling. <laughs> the girls, we have the bling. Hence the word treasure your souls because of the bling. But the men's line, I made sure that it had like a butter soft brown leather, blue leather, just comfortable for men who don't want the bling. But you can have it if you want. (laughs) For those of us who don't get pedicures, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how your product helps make for a better pedicure. Well, as I stated before, you can wear my product before, during and after a pedicure treatment. The health benefit of that is, again, your toes are constantly cramped in heels, sneakers, shoes, things of that nature. But, but don't you normally take your shoes off before a pedicure? Or Yes, you do take them off. However, you don't have to do that anymore. You can actually wear my pedicure uh, sandals into the salon. They can wash them down. You put them back on. You polish your toes and you go. So you're saving time and money. He doesn't get it. So where I used to go to get my toes done, the grocery store was right next door, okay? And so I would want to get my toes done and then go grocery shopping, but you can't put them back in regular shoes because you'll screw up the pedicure job, and you don't really want to go in the grocery store in these little flip-floppy things with toilet paper between your toes to hold them apart. That's what happens. They put the toilet paper between your toes so they don't touch, and that preserves your nail polish on your toenails. Yes, and my product already separates your toes, but it also has a little massage knot that you can adjust up and down. So when you're getting in a pedicure, you just adjust the knot down a little bit to give you that just enough space and when you're done if it's uncomfortable you can just move it up and wear it on top you won't feel it and I added a little elastic in between the toe separators so that when your feet swell in the summer and expand you can have that give way in the strap. It sounds like a very well thought out product. Thank you. Absolutely and I think a lot of people will love not getting their toenail polish destroyed two minutes after they leave the salon. Exactly, because you have to pay $3 to repolish it. And the time, like just the time. But yeah, I think these are a marvelous idea. And as somebody mentioned, they're brand new. There's never been anything like this that I've seen on the market before. So where did you get the idea? I actually was working in the city and I was going on vacation, short time. It's like an hour and a half, maybe three hours before my flight. I decided, oh, no, I forgot to get my nails done. Let me get them done before going to the airport. I literally ran through Newark Airport in the paper flip-flops with the paper towels, got to security, (laughs) (laughs) and the guy goes, ma'am, you have to take those off. I said, can't you see I just got my toes done? (laughs) And the lady let you go, right? (laughs) No, no, he didn't. (laughs) The female security guard was like, yeah, man, she just got her toes done. He's like, since 9-11, you have to do that. 
I, of course, didn't want to miss my flight. But and they I, think you've got, like, bombs wrapped around your toes or something? They were already ripped. Like, they were paper flip-flops. It, it, the tissue was hanging out everywhere. <laughs> it was a mess. I ended up getting on that flight barefoot, getting off the flight barefoot in another state, walking to the baggage claim, opening my suitcase to get a pair of shoes out. And from the frustration, I realized that there was a need and that I wanted to solve that problem. And there that's had what to I did. Be a better was way. your pedicure ruined that day? Of course it was. <laughs> of course Just it was. Add pain to injury, right? I oh know. my gosh. And then I had bought these fancy shoes I was going to wear, but my toes were all messed up. Thank God I put an extra pair that covered the toes. That's what I ended up wearing. I returned those expensive shoes that I didn't get to wear. And I came back 48 hours from that trip ready to learn and teach myself what needed to be done. And I wish I had met Mr. Gerhardt at that time because I was online Googling, mm-hmm. how do I get a trademark or how do I start? Let me find out if this name exists. And as long as it didn't come up, I said, okay, I guess I can use it. And I took it from there. So you started with the flip-flops mm-hmm. and then you went into scrubs and creams. How did you do that? I started with the flip-flops for the last four years. I actually launched in Macy's under a program called the Marketplace in December. I signed the contract December last year, Christmas Eve. That was my Christmas present. I launched in the first uh, selected Macy's of their choice in Lenox Square Mall in Atlanta this February. I started there with just my shoes and a vegan-friendly polish. Hero product. (laughs) (laughs) The hero product. Yes, (laughs) the hero product, exactly, with just my shoes. And they said to be in a beauty market, you have to have something with it. I did the polish. And a month later, after selling so many, I said, there's something missing. I need. There's more that could be done with the feet. I started researching luxury foot care uh, scrubs and creams and things of that nature. You know, the average Dr. Scholl's, that stuff came up. So I'm like, I want something luxury. So I said, what is it that I need since I have sensitive skin? It's something that everyone's looking for. And that's when I decided to create the all-natural and organic foot scrubs, foot creams, foot balms. Now I even created a nail cuticle butter with shea butter. And uh, everything is made here in the USA, I'm proud to say, with the exception of my shoes, which are currently made in China and the tariffs are about to hit. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping eventually that can change. I am going to speak with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce on that coming up soon. So I'm trying to fight for all entrepreneurs. So are you looking for funding now? Yes, I am. Thank you for asking that question, Richard. I am looking for funding. I'm actually seeking an equity investor. There's this thing that Damon John has on his show called Dumb Money and Smart Money. Dumb money, he considers when you go to the bank and you have these high interest rates and you have to pay it back. I don't want that money. I, <laughs> I would love to have an equity investor, someone who can open up their Rolodex and, you know, extend my company brand and name as well as invest money and help the company grow. So, yes, I am seeking uh, investments. And you can reach me at www dot pettyliciousfootwear.com or my email at my first name p-r-e-m-i-s-e at pettyliciousfootwear.com so i met you at lisa Askelisa's conference and that's where yes. i bought my pair of petalicious yeah can people buy them from your website directly absolutely you can buy my products any of them at www.petty p as in paul e-d-i licious l-i-c-i-o-u-s footwear 
dot com. And that's W-E-A-R, not W-A-R-E. Some people get it confused. <laughs> and you can reach me via Instagram or Facebook at Pettylicious Footwear. And I look forward to connecting. And also, you can go to Macy's if you're in Atlanta, the Lenox Square Mall, and Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the Galleria Mall. And hopefully soon, NYC, 34th Street, Macy's. Fingers crossed we'll see what happens. We'll keep you posted. For me, Smartin with Petalicious. You're listening to WOR 710, Passage to Profit, with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart and our special guest, Rami. And if you missed the first part of this, the podcast comes out tomorrow. These people are amazing. You really need to listen to their stories. So you can look for the podcast tomorrow. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's Inventress founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest this evening, Rami, eyebrow expert and celebrity extraordinaire. So we're on to our second pitch. I'm so happy to have Paulina back. She's a client at Gearhart Law. She has such a fantastic product, so relevant and so important. So Paulina, we want to hear what's been going on with you since you were on the program last about a year ago. Give us our pitch. You've got two minutes and we'll get caught up. Okay. Hi, I'm Paulina Bryant. I'm the CEO and founder of Live Lawyer app. And with my app, when the police stopped you, you push my app and a lawyer comes up via a Skype-like or FaceTime-like feature. You let the lawyer speak directly to the police officer. And then the system will ping your family and let them know where you're located and that you've been stopped. And then my phase three is going to be voice activation, because what if the police officer tells you you can't touch your phone, you say live lawyer, it automatically pops on, everything gets saved to the cloud. Wow, that's fantastic. So it's such a great invention, because if you get pulled over by a police person, Mm -hmm. policeman, Mm -hmm. and you have some legal representation available, so they can hear what's going on, you can record what's going on. And I think it just keeps the whole process transparent, which wasn't always there before. Correct. So where are you now in your project? What's been going on? Well, I have to tell you the bad first before I come to the good. I have already started with someone who actually put my app together, but it didn't work out with that person. So I had to hire two new people. So I'm actually working with uh, Sequoia Blodgett for Commons Club and also Arana Media. And they're helping me get my app back together where it needs to be. So right now it's still in beta stage and it should be done shortly. We're looking for a date of November 16th to have an actual prototype done and ready. That's where I am right now with my actual app. How are you going to charge for this app? Who's going to be putting what money into it? It's going to be subscription-based. However, um, I'm going to have tiering done because everybody cannot afford a $600 attorney 
And so we're looking at tiering. I'm working with a couple of uh, attorneys and we're speaking what I can do and what needs to get done for the app to actually tier the pricing, the price the attorney should pay or if the attorney should pay and what price I need for the clients. Do you have attorneys who are interested? Do they like this idea? Yes, I have two so far that are really interested in the product and I've spoken to a few more. And the ones that I'm working with right now are uh, Ray Hamlin. He's actually Wendy Williams' uh, attorney. He wow. loved the product, That's the great. project, I should say, and he's interested in it. So I speak with him if I need advice or anything like that. And also Bennett Susser. He oh, act- Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> I know Bennett. <laughs> I've had a long conversation with Mr. Susser. I love him. And he's a comedian. And <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so right. He does do stand-up stand up comedy. Yes, yeah. yes, he does stand-up <laughs> comedy. So, yes, I'm working with those two guys, and they gave me great advice. And, they, you know, if I need to call them for anything while I'm building the app, you know, they're accepting my calls. Thankfully. So are you taking pre-subscriptions now? Like, if it's going to come out, what, six months or a year, could I sign up now for when it comes yes, out? Yes, you can. You can sign up now. You could go to my website at www.livelawyerapp.com and enter your email address. So when it's actually complete, um, you can actually go on it. You will get a notification that it's actually completed. Have you thought about crowdfunding as a way to help finance the app? Yes, I thought about crowdfunding, and I spoke with I Fund Black Women, and they were interested in my project as well. Do you want to tell us a story about why you came up with this idea? Sure. Well, the reason why I came up with this idea, because my son, um, he bought a new car, and he kept getting stopped by the police, and he would call me all the time and say, Mom, the cops keep stopping me. I don't know what to say. To which I said, too bad you can't Skype a lawyer. Then I thought, maybe I can Skype a lawyer and actually represent you when you need to get represented. You never know what's going to trigger a police officer to pull you over, and then you don't know what's going through their mind. My son was, like, really, he was he was afraid because, you know, with these times today, and things are happening. He was he was just afraid. He just kept calling me like, Ma, they keep stopping me. I don't know why. I don't know why. So that's when I, you know, about the third call, I'm like frustrated. Like, too bad you can't Skype a lawyer so you can have somebody actually represent you. I mean, they have those little cards that you can use and, you know, know your rights. But sometimes if you have an actual attorney, I know if I was pulled over and I had an actual attorney representing me, I would feel safer and calmer. Right. My entrepreneurial mind is working <laughs> and I'm thinking you know, this software or, you know, this sort of app can be put to so many other uses, although I think what you're using it for is fantastic, is a great idea. But I'm thinking even for like kids who have cell phones, let's say you can, you know, because you can sort of say live lawyer and it turns on. I'm wondering if like a child needed help, let's say if they were in fear of being abducted or something, they could sort of, you you can use the app, like repurpose it for something else or... Even something as innocuous as, I need some advice. I'm not sure what to do here. <laughs> you right. know? So, right. you know, have like the mom app. You know? <laughs> right. When I thought about the app, I thought about using it in different aspects as well. Like, not just for pullovers or criminal law, but, you know, anything. Because sometimes you might be ready to sign a contract and you might need a lawyer right away just to ask a couple of questions because you're not privy to, you know, law. I mean, I'm just a mom. I'm not a lawyer. So as I'm going along, I'm finding different things that maybe I can expand the app to further down the road. But that's a great idea. Yeah. So when do you think this app will be available? Well, I'm shooting for the actual um, prototype to be completed by uh, November 16th. I'm going to another event, actually for my husband's cooking, not for my app, but the person who's running wants me to talk about my app as well. So um, I need a prototype so I can actually show and 
folks can visualize what exactly I'm speaking about for my app. So November 16th is my target date to get the prototype. And then we're shooting for uh, spring of 2020 to have the actual app completed. Uh, will it be for iPhone and Android? Android and iOS. Yep. Very quickly, Paulina, we wanted to just, I know your husband didn't say you had to do this, but we wanted to briefly touch on what he's doing with this cooking business. Oh, okay. Yeah. My husband, he's actually from Jamaica. He cooks great Jamaican cuisine. And November 16th, we're actually working on a show or an event with uh, Todd Wharton. And um, he's actually shutting down Times Square, and they're going to have a huge fashion show. I believe uh, they're going to have several celebrity guests, and it's an opportunity for me to promote my husband's Castro's Jerk Chicken and my phone app, uh, Live Lawyer app. So, And yeah. he catered at an iHeart event that we were at recently. Yeah. It was fantastic. Oh, so, thank you. Thank you. Uh, absolutely delicious. Thank so you. So if you get a chance to try some. <laughs> try the mac means. and cheese. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for being on the show. We wish you the best of luck. And and how can people get in touch with you again? Okay, I'm on Instagram at Live Lawyer App. I also have a website at uh, LiveLawyerApp.com. And if you go on the website, please enter your email address. We need those so we can let you guys know when the app is complete. And I'm also on Facebook at Live Lawyer App and Twitter at Live Lawyer App. That sounds great. <laughs> Thanks a lot. You're listening to Passage to Profit. We'll be back with our third and final pitch right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A w.com together we can change the world this ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson passage to profit continues with richard and elizabeth gearhart and our special guest rami if you haven't had a chance to take a look at our website you should go and do it it's gearhartlaw.com g-e-a-r-h-a-r-t-l-a-w.com and you can find out all about patents trademarks and copyrights you can see bios of myself and elizabeth and the rest of our team it's a great resource for intellectual property, and if you are wanting to start a project, go there first. Get the information about protecting yourself so that your project can be a success. And now on to our third and final pitch this evening. With us is Fred Benkin, who just also happens to be my brother. So welcome to the show, Fred. He's going to be talking about SchoolSecurityAcademy.com, and you have two minutes to pitch. Go. Well, my name's Fred Bankin, and I run a company called Personal Security Consulting, and our company runs several different venues as far as security training goes, but what we're talking about today is the school security training. And uh, I started doing the school security training back in uh, 1991, uh, and I'm from New Mexico, so I, I work uh, in the Southwest, but we've also started working nationally with the schools. And our, our mission is to try to help make the school safer so more students can graduate and also prevent tragedies from occurring. 
and also uh, promote the idea of safety as a life skill in the schools and help the administrations and the teachers be able to do that with the kids. And uh, we've been uh, working with a lot of different schools and also uh, some high-end colleges, too, which I didn't tell you about, but I've done some work for colleges. You know, we did a, like an elementary school uh, last week before I came out here, and that's what we're talking about. So what kind of programs do you put on? We put out programs for uh, safety, for special education, uh, behavior modification. We deal with uh, a lot of school security management and consulting. There's a, a management process that's involved in making a school safe. So we have a, a variety of programs. One of the, I guess we call it the uh, the HERO product is I have a, a school security training program that we do for the staff that trains uh, school security staff and then also the, the teachers and the facilities people so that, uh, you know, if an emergency were to happen in the school, there's also, you know, daily uh, routine situations like accidents and medical emergencies, you know, all the things that have to be attended to as far as, you know, taking care of the children, uh, that's what they're trained to do. What is the first thing that you tell them if, say, there's an active shooter situation? What's the first thing you would tell them to do? Is to follow their plan. And then you help develop these plans. So, right. We, so, we go through the yeah the plans and then also the individual training that supports the plans if something like that were to happen. So what would be a typical plan then? How should a school plan for something like a school shooting? Well, that's a good question, and this is what you know schools need to do is they need to have a management process. So we, we go through an assessment process first, and the environment that the school's in, you know, for instance, the building, the community, uh, you know, the culture of the community is very important on, you know, how they want to do things. Like I work with a lot of the Native American uh, communities out in the Southwest, and so they have unique ways of looking at things. And then we also deal with, you know, the, the regular population. But uh, having a good assessment is the, the first thing that we do. We, we look at everything, all the details of the school on how it would influence the situation, and then we develop our plan from there. And then from the, the plan that's developed, we have individual training that supports that plan. And then we have the group training, which is really super important, is that the staff and the kids and everybody, the community, you know, actually works together to help protect the kids in the school. You have uh, in a plan, you know, what is the situation? So you visualize what the situation is. And then, uh, you know, once you've determined, you know, what your vision is of what could happen in this uh, dire circumstance, like a shooter coming on campus, you know, then from there you develop what your goal is going to be. And so we call that a mission statement. And then from there, then you have uh, uh, the execution of the plan uh, and how that's carried out. And so you've got a variety of different uh, departments that are in the school that have to work together. So we have an execution of that plan. And there's uh, you know information that's in that plan document that we have that, that does that. Then from there, you have uh, how you're going to support it. So you might have school buses coming. You may have the police coming. Of course, you'll probably be having the police coming for sure. You know, then it goes along with uh, the supporting of that particular execution. And then you have the communications part of the plan where, you know, you have different ways that you would communicate, you know, redundant ways of communication because you definitely want to have uh, several different ways to communicate if something happens. So we, uh, we identify what those are, and we make sure that communication will happen so that the resources can be brought to bear and the plan can be carried out. When I was a kid, we had fire drills, 
and now they have <laughs> drills for in case of shooters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the fire drills are just as, uh, you know, could be just as catastrophic. You know, fire kills a lot of people. And a lot of the old schools, you know, they're constructed out of a lot of really bad materials. Mm-hmm. And so you can get toxic gases and you can get stuff blowing up uh, from, you know, like the gas lines and stuff like that. So, you know, you really have to do it right. And, uh, you know, this really changes our society. You know, since 9-11, you know, people now are looking at this uh, with a microscope, but it's actually a good thing because, you know, as a society, we're a lot stronger and it's good in the schools, especially to have this happen with the kids, because when the kids learn this, this will be something that will probably potentially save their lives in the future and also, uh, you know, really impact our, our communities. Well, what I really like about this uh, approach is when we're talking about how can we stop this from happening, the debate is around guns and and gun control, which I completely understand. But this is something that's non-controversial. It's not expensive. But just even making sure that every school has a plan for this type of situation is one step that I think everybody can agree on and everybody can take and really have something that can make a significant difference. Because being prepared ahead of time, if this sort of situation arises can have a huge impact on how it eventually turns out. And it's something that's very doable and doesn't involve a lot of legislation or anything else. It's a step that communities can take, that local politicians can point to. They can say, look it, we're doing something. And they don't have to wait for the people in Washington to make up their minds. I think this is a very important program. If you know something's coming, I remember as a little kid in Seattle, we had these drills earthquakes. So we had to get under our desk or you could stand in a doorway because that was the most stable part of a building. But we knew earthquakes were coming. And so there was even in kindergarten, there was a plan. So it sounds like you're doing the same sort of thing. You know, this hopefully isn't coming, but it could. So you've got to have a plan in place. The the things that people learn for safety can make a, a big difference in their lives. And, uh, you know, that's what we hope to do with the schools is to, uh, you know, make a difference. That's great. So thank you, Fred, for coming and talking about your company. Very important social issue. We hope you have a lot of impact, and I hope that you're able to reach a lot of schools and uh, implement plans and, and hopefully save lives. We will do it. And how can uh, people get in touch with you again? Personal Security Consulting is the name of my company, Fred Banken. B-E-H-N-K-E-N. You can look me up on Google. And then the uh, website for the school program, it's schoolsecurityacademy.com. Schoolsecurityacademy.com. Thank you very much. And thank you. And you're listening to Passage to Profit. We'll be right back after this message. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. 
business. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. You know, one of the things I love about this show is we get such a wide variety of topics. I know. Beauty to law and order in one step. Well, they're both essential, right? So Absolutely. Now, Google Passage to Profit and make your choice. Remember, you can only vote once and you have until next Friday at 10 a.m. to vote. The best overall vote getter for the show will receive a professionally produced video of their pitch of $500 value. So to summarize, our first pitch was by Premise Martin with Pedalicious Footwear. So it's P-E-D-I-L-I-C-I-O-U-S F-O-O-T-W-E-A-R.com. That's the, a long URL, by the way. But, uh, I know, but it makes sense. <laughs> so <laughs> It's uh, pedalicious. <laughs> yeah. She had the flip-flops that you can wear to get your pedicure and then after, any, with anything else you need to do. And then our second pitch was a return pitch with Paulina Bryant with Live Lawyer App. So if you get pulled over in a bad situation, you just tell your phone to get you a lawyer and they do the talking for you. <laughs> and it's <laughs> just like it sounds, LiveLawyerApp.com. And then our third pitch was with Fred Banken with Personal Security Consulting, and his website is schoolsecurityacademy.com. And you can find Fred everywhere. And if you Google his name, it's spelled B-E-H-N-K-E-N. He's the only one that comes up. So if you're looking for Fred specifically, just Google Fred Banken. But I do want to mention again our guest, Rami. His website is rami.com, R-A-M-Y.com. If you look for him on social, it's Rami Cosmetics everywhere on social. Tell us about your book, too. Oh, thank you. Um, my most recent book is called How to Fake Real Beauty. <laughs> and it is uh, it hit number one on Amazon a couple of times, which I'm very proud of. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And it's all about tricks of the trade to master your makeup. I feel like I really put everything I know in this very thin but readable book. No, it's actually, it's a, <laughs> I, I really am very proud of this book. And my first book came out in 2005 was a makeup and beauty book for people living with cancer. It's called Rami Gaffney's Beauty Therapy, The Ultimate Guide to Looking and Feeling Great While Living with Cancer. That was sort of me paying it forward. You know, I wrote the proposal while I was going through chemo, and it took me years to finally get it published. But it's still in publication, and I think it's helped a lot of people. So I'm very proud of that book as well. I think it's great. I mean, when you're struggling with a difficult disease, looking better can help you feel better, right? It's really so important. Thank you for doing that. And don't forget the podcast comes out tomorrow if you want to listen to this again. We always want to say thank you to everyone who participated today from New York to New Jersey to Albuquerque. Thanks for coming in the studio. And we'd like to thank our media maven, Kenya Gibson, our wonderful producer, Noah Fleischman, our incredible sound engineer, Rob Barretts, and the whole iHeart team. Don't forget to join us next week for another excellent speaker and another round of pitches. And listeners, you can start thinking about what your pitch will be. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart from Gearhart Law on iHeart Radio with Passage to Profit, WOR710, the voice of New York. Thank you.